Tone Deaf is the journey of a theater nerd, bringing musicals into the life of their musically challenged spouse. This show is rated explicit for mature content and strong language. I'm sorry for me. Spoilers are in every episode, so if you haven't seen the show we are reviewing, you can always check back in later with us. We'll be here when you get back. Welcome to Tone Deaf, a theater nerd's guide for their musically challenged spouse. I'm Kay, a musical theater nerd. And I'm Warren. I'm musically challenged. So we are here. The final Annie. The final countdown. (laughs) Damn it, that's going to be stuck in my head now. Um... Anyway, so in thinking about this, this is actually more of a revival than it is a, like, I I feel like this revival or remake really truly captures what this is more than uh, anything else, and we'll get into it. it. It feels like it's a revival in the same sense as when Flower Drum Song was revived. Because this is an updating that still hits all the beats, but, like, names get changed, the music gets changed a bit, situations changed a bit. Um, Because, like, we have, uh, instead of Annie being in an orphanage because it's set in 2014, it's foster care. And uh, we don't have Daddy Warbucks. It's it's basically, it's not going to be an exact copy of the stuff that you've seen before. And I'm just sort of prefacing that because... Because it's modern. It's updated for the time that it takes place in. Yes, it is updated for the time it takes place in. And if you're expecting an exact copy of the original, I can see why you would be upset or disappointed by the 2014 Annie. So I just want to say that as my preface to this. So... Originally, this was going to be a vehicle, and for folks, I realized I didn't introduce it correctly. We are doing the 2014 remake of Annie. There we go. Yay! I'm I'm jumping into this because researching this one caused me some flashbacks. Mm -hmm. So, (laughs) it was... Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. (sighs) Anyway, this was originally going to be a vehicle for Will Smith's daughter, Willow. Um, But by the time that they filmed, she was too old to play Annie. (laughs) And Jay-Z was originally going to be Warbucks. Oh, oh God. Okay, I'm so glad. (laughs) So glad, Jay-Z. I wouldn't want to watch a movie with his mug in it for two hours. I always wonder how he's with Beyonce. Because... Okay. I don't know. You know Love is blind? Uh, that's mean. He's not that. It's just compared to like Jamie Foxx. Jamie you know Foxx is an attractive I, man. I am perfectly fine insulting Jay-Z because he is a multi... He might be a billionaire, okay? Jay-Z is... <laughs> Jay-Z 
Jay-Z wipes his ass with more money than I'll have in my entire life. So I am definitely punching up when I say that he is not a handsome man at all. Uh, he And he's married to a, a, a literal goddess. Yeah, yeah. No, he is married to a goddess. Therefore, yeah, you're right. It's okay. But anyway. Because <laughs> then I'm sitting here like, Jamie Foxx, however, that namesake, that last name is correct. He is a fox. He's a good-looking man. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, Jamie Foxx is an mm-hmm. absolutely a good-looking man. Yep, and I hope that if he really is in No Way Home, they do him better instead of doing him dirty like they did in Spider-Man 2. Oh, God. Or The Amazing Spider-Man 2. You know, because I like Jamie Foxx. I, mm-hmm. I like Django Unchained and stuff oh, like that. Oh, my he God. Was, he was excellent in that. I uh, have been able to see that movie hit. literally once because it just... <laughs> Sid uses the n-word a lot and that's not the only reason that movie is like oh it i mean grant even though the heroes triumph in the end yeah uh there is a lot of of Mm -hmm. stomping Mm -hmm. on them but Mm -hmm. uh but yeah talking about i would say the worst role i've ever seen jamie fox in was the aforementioned amazing spider the I don't even want to say the word amazing because that's but no yeah not yeah. amazing the subpar Spider-Man two yes uh, where he the just worst Spider-Man two where he just played uh, I don't want to say I bet it was directing more than anything I else do too. it had because Jamie Fox can act man. yeah he yeah. can act and they their direction must have been you are the worst stereotype of the most nerdy person yeah. possible oh I hated that so much i am a nerd and that made me so mad jamie jamie fox's character in that literally had a pocket protector that was overstuffed with pens yeah yeah which how how much how more tropey can you get yeah i've never i'm a nerd and i hung around with other nerds and i've known a lot of nerds i've never known a nerd to fill up their pocket protector with fucking pens that's not a thing it was so offensive You know, that's what I'm realizing. I'm realizing, I feel attacked. I'm like, this is what Hollywood thinks us nerds are like. I mean, yeah. Jesus Christ. I mean, uh, yeah, I, I have trouble breathing every so often. And yeah, I have glasses <laughs> that are as thick as a Coke bottle. Well, actually, okay, this is not the more faithful recreation of Electro than the Electro that was done in... See, I'm not nerdy enough to rattle off some <laughs> random obscure fact about Spider-Man and Electro, uh, which is I'm okay with. I'm okay. That's because the musical went in and rewrote your brain. <laughs> anyway, back to... I'm going to throw up on Mike. I'm sure our listeners would love don't. to hear that. Okay, so back to Annie. Um, instead of Willow <laughs> Smith, we get... <laughs> yes. do i want to know it's not a fully formed uh horrible joke in my head but it had something to do with uh what activates warren's gag reflex is worse talking about the spider-man musical or deep throating of (laughs) deep throating something out of my garden (laughs) those zucchinis make me feel very inadequate Mother Nature is such a size queen. That green whore. 
we're off to a great start. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. We're talking about Annie, aren't we? <laughs> for kids. For kids. <laughs> Wait, we have a disclaimer at the beginning of our show is definitely not for kids. Well, let me change that. It's for cool kids. Kids who don't follow the rules. The most inappropriate and explicit musical theater podcast. <laughs> so, all right, here we go. So, instead of Willow Smith, we get the incredibly adorable baby, Quavengine Wallace. I fucking love Quavengine Wallace. She is so fucking adorable. Mm-hmm. I love her. She, so... She is the all-time youngest nominee for Best Actress with the Academy Awards for Beasts of the Southern Wilds, which I can't watch because dad issues. I know that it will fucking wreck me. I know my limits. That is that is showing inner strength that I know that I can't watch that movie. <laughs> um, she's also a published author with four children's books to her name. Uh, oh, wow. Cheyenne Emmy star in Break an Egg. Cheyenne Emmy star in To the Rescue, Cheyenne Emmy star in Dancy Pants, and A Night Out with Mama. She's also been uh, nominated for and won several awards for both Beasts of the Southern Wild. Oh, which I forgot to mention, she lied about her age to audition for that one. Yeah. She was five when she auditioned and the cutoff was six. (laughs) And then um, by six years old when she was filming it, again, she was the youngest kid to be nominated for best actress in the academy of awards this is like a big fucking deal like she is brilliant uh she also won the young artist award for best performance by a leading young actress in a feature film for her portrayal in annie and she is the most prominent black annie and i say most prominent because First off, I made the mistake of trying to find the history of Black Annies, and this was where my uh, journey through writing the notes for this took a turn. So first, I ended up on an archive of the Broadway World message board from 2005, and they were talking about uh, an actress who I believe was in Lion King, and one of her dreams was to become was to be Annie on Broadway. And one of the first comments that I saw going through was wondering what sort of hair Annie would have. And Jerry Curl got mentioned and I had to close the tab and sigh for a little while. So that's what was going on when I just sat there for a minute and was just... (sighs) Mm -hmm. So then I was like, okay, I'll go on a search. And the thing is, in regional theaters, there have been Black Annie's. But there have not been any on Broadway, certainly not in movies, until Quavengine. Um, And I was actually going to try and go into the history more and try to uh, just see how many. And I don't think I can handle it because I was legit having flashbacks to when I was Dorothy. And it's a little little close to you personally. Yeah, because... We shouldn't have to deal with that as kids, as kid actors. Like, no. that's that's fucking horrible. And it, I think it's also why I'm a little defensive of this movie. Understandably. <laughs> absolutely. It gets, it, gets unfa- it gets unfair criticism yeah. when it goes into that territory. Yes. It's, and It's like one thing that people want to complain because they're like, well, it doesn't take place mm-hmm. in the same time era. And this and that. It's like, okay, fine. Those are... 
while I may disagree, they're legitimate mm-hmm. uh, uh, complaints to have about a, a work of media. Yeah. But if it's, well, and he can't be black, Warbucks yeah. can't be black, then why? And, like, I, I had a little bit of that, too, like, sort of a preview taste of what that would be like later in life when I was, oh, God, I think I was nine, and I was in a, in the theater school that I was in for after school and stuff, I was Snow White. And it it wasn't. I don't remember it being super bad, but I do remember some jokes. Snow White, not Snow Black. Yeah, and like, yes, actually, that was one. And like, I tried to play it off with some jokes because Mm -hmm. of defense mechanisms. Mm -hmm. But deep down, I was like... It hurt. Yeah, deep down it hurts. And like, I would try to make the... It's where I learned to have to make the joke before someone else does that then backfired on me. At that one party emotionally to where I'm like, okay, no, I can't even do that. Yeah. (laughs) Racists ruin everything, including your own defense mechanisms. But, like, seriously, it's... You have to preemptively Mm -hmm. make people feel more comfortable with the Mm -hmm. fact that you're not, quote-unquote, one of them. Yeah, and... So I, I really had a tough time trying to go into that. And even like in, because we are going to talk a little bit about the critical response, but I couldn't go too far into it because I knew what it would be emotionally for me. And I don't want to go back into where I was when I was 14 or nine or Mm -hmm. when I was like uh, there being a child actor is hard enough, but being a minority child actor in a role that is historically not your race is really tough. Like it's, Oh God, fuck. Now I'm thinking about Juliet. Fuck. God (laughs) damn. (laughs) See, and you know there the, needs to be a therapy for black theater kids. Yeah, and I'm just sitting here going, it's not your fault that you were the best actor cast for the role. Mm, it just it, it there's a pressure that you feel, and mm-hmm. so it, yeah, the, I legit was having flashbacks to those roles. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh fuck, and you, I can't this part you're having a huge amount of empathy and everything yeah because it's like oh i've been there empathy i've been there overload. with you yeah so instead let's go back into production stuff so like i said this was originally going to be a vehicle for willow smith and was announced back in 2011 and ryan murphy who he dealt with in prom uh was slated to direct but he backed out a month after being announced uh, fun fact, he also co-created Glee, and someday we'll probably cover that show, and it'll be a first for me, because while I was a theater kid, I was not a, like, high school theater kid. I was the theater kid with more adult friends than kid friends. Well, because you were doing, <laughs> you know, you did professional theater and semi-professional theater from mm-hmm. a young age. Yeah, and so, community theater, which is generally adults. Yeah, so while so you were working with adults and not people your own age, mm-hmm. generally speaking. So yeah. it's like... Other yeah. than when I was in the theater school, uh, and even then it was... Um, I was in both the kid and the teen classes because... The kid classes, it was like, okay, well, 
this is where you're at age-wise, but then I got put into the teen classes very quickly. And it was the same thing with Taekwondo, actually, that I got moved into the older groups and then ended up not being able to keep going through Taekwondo, and I'm still mad about that. But anyway, uh, someday we'll cover Glee. I'm not excited about it because, I don't know, I... High school... This is not a slam on high school theater kids, but I feel like they have more energy than <laughs> than I could have tolerated. At because like I always felt so weird around other kids who had theater classes in their schools because I never had theater class in my school, <laughs> so it was always mm. I was leaving to a different area. And it just I don't know. It's such a weird dynamic. And I'm also so introverted. And I'm on the... Sp- yeah, I've just got... I've got so many things against me with that. To where Glee becomes just this cringe fest for me. The- one, of, one of my favorite self-descriptors that also applies to you is, I am a complex network of contradictions. I am a complex network of contradictions. That is correct. Um, so, back to Annie. This... God damn, this episode keeps bringing <laughs> out shit. Fuck. So time marches on, and with trying to get this off the ground, as is the case with any movie, it doesn't just, oh, we want to do a movie, and there it is, Um, (laughs) at least with good movies. Um, They were trying to find a screenwriter, a director, etc., and by 2013, we get Will Gluck on board to direct. He's the director of Easy A, another movie I've never seen. Um, It's not a bad movie. Okay, okay, good. Um, in 2012, the film is announced to be taking place in modern times rather than 1933, and production will begin in the spring of 2013. Originally, Sandra Bullock was approached to be Hannigan, but she declined and was quoted as saying that she hates musicals and will never star in one. (laughs) So then Cameron Diaz takes the role. This will be important later. Have you seen Cameron Diaz in anything recently? Uh, no, because she's not acting anymore. Um, the last thing I saw Cameron Diaz in, shit, I don't know. I don't know what the last thing was I saw her in. You'll find out at the end of this episode. <laughs> <laughs> so, Quivenjane and uh, Jamie Foxx are announced as Annie and Will, originally Daddy Warbucks Stacks, and filming begins September of 2013. Uh, this movie's one of the ones that was leaked by the Guardians of Peace group that leaked a bunch of Columbia Pictures and Sony Pictures movies on November 27th of 2014, but it didn't oh, hurt. Oh, big Sony yeah. hack. Yeah, yeah, I remember when the big Sony hack happened. Yeah, and it didn't hurt the ticket sales, uh, as we'll be talking about in a sec. The premiere was on December 7th at the Ziegfeld Theater, with the U.S. opening being on December 19th of 2014. This movie did make back its $65 million budget. It grossed about $86 million in the U.S. and $136 million worldwide. Critically, it was not well received. Um, audience score on Rotten Tomatoes in the first couple of reviews have me going, but I liked it. Uh, same as critic, view, critic score was pretty low. It surprised me. Uh, Amazon reviewers have been a lot more generous with it being like, well, this is an update. It's not the exact same Yeah, movie. it doesn't take place during the Depression. Yeah. Um, and so Wallace, uh, Fox, Rose Byrne, who plays Grey, they're all praised. But poor, 
Poor Cameron Diaz. Oh. She got reviews such as overacts to the role of, overacts the role to the point of hysteria. And she got nominated for the Golden Raspberry Award for Worst Supporting Actress. Okay. Uh, okay. No. No. Oh, that's yeah. Not, that's yeah. not fair. And the movie itself did win Worst Prequel, Remake, or Ripoff of a Sequel. What? Yes. Yes. That is not fair. No. That really isn't fair. It's very possible that this is the movie that made her retire. Oh, man. That... Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> and I'm sitting here like... I don't remember not liking her as Hannigan. No, me either. Like, <laughs> okay, it's like I said, we haven't seen this. It's been a while. Yeah. It's been a while since I've yeah. seen this, but I remember liking it. Same. And, I remember enjoying it. And not in the same way of remembering liking the 82 version. It was, <laughs> it is a, I was an adult watching yeah. this movie and enjoying it. And I, I remember liking Cameron Diaz in it. So I Me feel too. like this is unfair for her. And this is the movie that made her retire. Then again, that's the thing that makes me laugh though about critics is the whole, the whole saying everybody's a critic kind mm -hmm. of thing. And it's just, I, I never, I don't know. I, whenever I see critic ratings and stuff, it never let it deter me from seeing a movie yeah. because there's plenty of things that critics will will poo-poo that I like. Mm -hmm. And maybe that's just because I'm uncultured swine. Yeah. But you know what? Fuck them. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And uh, so, yeah, when I said, what if you seen her in last? It was this. <laughs> okay. It was this was the last one. So um, this is going to be one remake where we have the words of someone who was originally involved. Uh, Charles Strauss who uh, composed for the original Annie, didn't actually get to work on updating the score for this movie, uh, something he wished he could have been involved with. But he did have commentary that I thought was very interesting, and it made me like him quite a bit more than I already did, because I do like Charles Strauss. Um, a little bit about the music that I'll touch on before I get to Strauss. Uh, yes, Saya is one of the folks who was involved in this, but it was before her most recent mess that I won't get into because it'll make me grumpy. Um, so there's some of her influences in the updated music. We also have Jay-Z's influences, um, and it, some of the songs are updated, but I feel like they hold up. So uh, Strauss gets interviewed by Vanity Fair about the movie, and one of the first questions he's asked was how he felt about having a black Annie. And this is oh. where I was like, Strauss, I fucking love you, because he said, I loved the idea. I always wanted to have a black Annie, so much so that we later integrated the orphanage several years into our first Broadway run. Back then, it didn't make sense to cast an African-American as Annie because the cartoon character was so iconic. But I was always in favor of having a black actress play the role, and Quavenjane Wallace is amazing. And, nice. Yeah, and and it's it is one of those things that, um, especially in the seventies, and that's the attitude that keeps fucking coming back, and I hate that it keeps coming back. But especially in the seventies, it's like, oh well, you know, instead of like you don't get your black. Annie or your black Dorothy or your black whoever unless it's going to be an all black cast. Yeah. 
Yeah. That's the only way that they do this. Mm-hmm. And it drives me fucking crazy. And that's, again, why uh, I was having a lot of problems with this mm-hmm. <laughs> and with going into it. Um, he does also have issues that I agree with him, even though I like the updating, because he wasn't allowed to update his own music. And I think if the composer is alive and wants to be a part of updating it, let them. Because, yeah, why not? Yeah, because he wanted to touch his baby. That sounded weird. <laughs> so Annie's kind of his baby, and he wants to be involved in. He wants this to up- touch his baby. God let, let, damn it! Let, let an old white man touch his baby. Fuck. Oh. <laughs> yeah. No. I. I kind of am like they should have let him work on the score. Like he. He was on the set all the time and was hanging out with Will Smith and stuff. But they should have taken his input, especially because he was invested in this project. Um, he also mentioned that the producers took out Jamie Foxx's take on Something Was Missing, which I am just like, how dare? <laughs> how dare I want to see that? So is that the song that they sing in the 1999 version that he that's... that's uh, uh, uh... Warbuck singing? Yes. Singing to Annie and before he hands her the locket. Yeah. And they they had him sing it, but they took it out. And there is, like, deleted scenes of it, but it is a little bit tough to watch just because it's, you know, changing the camera angles. So it's not, it's not edited together in a fluid way. Gotcha. It's very much, this is the production part of it. And so that's a little bit frustrating, but that's basically this version without getting too wild into reviews that will make me mad and whatnot. So shall we go and watch the final contender in the Annie versus Annie versus Annie Smackdown? So you're saying this, should we go watch the, uh, the dark horse in this three part race? I thought that joke was funny, but... Because it works on multiple levels. Uh, but yes, I am very excited to watch this one. Be- <laughs> oh. And you, and you, you need to get you a board that you can yeah, bang your head yeah. on. Because the cushiony mic the doesn't cushiony work as well. Mic. It, uh, it's cushioned so that I don't hurt my head. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, I am, I am ready. I am excited. I want to watch it because I also want to come back and tell critics to shove, to print out their reviews, roll it up, and shove it up their ass. Or one of my zucchinis. You know, one of your zucchinis instead? Mm-hmm. Because they're kind of prickly on the outside? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I will leave part of the stem on. Those fuckers have been scratching up my arms. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. Woo! Hey, Warren. Hey, Kay. Do you know what time it is? Is it time to thank our Patreon sponsors? It is! Woo! We would like to thank our stage crew sponsors, Jeff, Reagan, and Jasmine Wu. And our producer circle sponsors, Jesse, Bianucci, and Taylor Brandt. Thank you all so much for your continued support of our show. We truly appreciate it. This is a Ninth World Journal. 
A careless experiment with a teleportation device has left me stranded in random places throughout the ninth world. While trying to survive in these strange lands, I must find a way to reverse my condition. A Ninth World Journal is a science fantasy audio drama podcast. Subscribe to listen or visit ninthworldjournal.com. And now, the lights are going down and the music's starting back up, so let's head back to the second act of our show. I, I really liked it. Like, it's yeah, I haven't seen it since, you know, whenever, years ago. I yeah. don't know if we saw it in 2014 or if it was like 2015. It might have been 2015 because I think it was a case of I was working at the aquarium so I didn't have, like, any well, time to go to movies. Well, I, you know, <laughs> it's the joys of working, you know, nights and weekends. Mm-hmm. But uh, I know that we didn't see it in theaters. I know no, we watched we it, saw at, it at, at home. home. And I want to say it was like a red box or something like that. Mm-hmm. But anyways, I... I I like this version a lot. Like yeah. it, it, it's really interesting to watch all three of these versions just mm-hmm. one week right after another, building to this because, uh, <laughs> watching it the first time, of course there is stuff that I missed. Yeah, this the twenty fourteen version has so many homages yes, to the it does. original. Yes, it and does. And I it's love a it. Fucking love. It letter. really is. It's a love letter. the The fact that it that it made some people angry, I guess, yeah. is really like there is. I feel like this is the most Annie Annie. Yeah, like, it is meta Annie. Yes, it is Annie, but it's also it making fun of Annie, and mm-hmm. it's also. A love letter to Annie. Yeah. It it's <laughs> it it's a symbiote who has latched <laughs> on to Annie and absorbed Annie and become Annie. And it's like we are Annie. We are Annie. We, we are, are one. <laughs> That's what it has done. And I I really like it. Like yeah. it's it's different. Like yes. the music is absolutely more modern mm-hmm. even when they do a lot of the same songs as the other versions the classic songs they're more modern like just yes. the music is more modern it's mm-hmm. a product of the of a more modern time yes it's not in the depression era yeah it is in 2014 it is in the technological era and it has much more of a hip-hop vibe to it mm-hmm. which i mean you have jamie fox i mean fuck yeah mm-hmm. like and and that's the thing too is that i don't think it would feel because it feels genuine and i don't think it would feel as genuine if they didn't update the music yeah no i would agree if they tried to keep it more classical mm-hmm. i think it would feel uh out of place i don't think yeah. it would feel it, it would fit well if it if it was the same feel as the 82 and 99 versions and just was like oh well it's annie but it's 2014 but we're not going to acknowledge that at all in the music it wouldn't work and even the the 82 and 99 versions are are still different you know yeah. because they're more than a decade apart so even mm-hmm. those two 
have different feels in their music to, yeah. a, to a certain extent. And one but thing, they still play the songs pretty yeah, straight. Yeah, pretty, pretty straight. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I, yeah, okay. I got you. I see what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Um, but one thing I will say is I, I do want to make a... Well, it's a backhanded apology to uh, Jay-Z. Because <laughs> the more I was thinking about it when I was watching uh, Jamie Foxx play Stacks, I was like, you know, I bet Jay-Z could have done... Because Jay-Z is really good at looking stern. Yeah, He would have been much more in the vein of 82's yeah. Warbucks yeah. with that kind of like stern gruffness. But he he's cheated on Beyonce, so mm-hmm. fuck him, mm-hmm. uh, you know, like mm-hmm. a million times over. So, yeah, no. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, Mr. 444. And, uh, uh, you know, yeah, he, he, yeah, he can sing and he's got a decent voice and stuff but, but you don't cheat on beyonce you don't cheat on beyonce you don't cheat on beyonce it, what the fuck it'd be like hephaestus cheating on aphrodite are Seriously? you high <laughs> like okay anyways like you don't cheat in general well but... you don't cheat in general but especially not, not on beyonce no if beyonce cheats on you you apologize to beyonce <laughs> uh... <laughs> so uh okay annie 2014 I forgot that this opens up with Annie giving a report on William Henry Harrison and how he was a chump who died early in office from pneumonia. Annie tap dances after giving her report and everyone in the classroom sighs and rolls their eyes. Then enters Annie B for mm-hmm. black or brown or Jesus or Christ Warren. Something else. Anyways, new Bennett. Ann- ben- Bennett. Yes, Annie Bennett. Fucking hell. Anyways, new Annie gives her report on FDR and the New Deal, and it's a great little nod to the original material. Mm-hmm. Except she doesn't talk about how much FDR sucks, like like original, original Annie would have wanted in the comic strip, because, yeah, you yeah. know, FDR was a horrible socialist who paved the way for America to need to be made great again. Uh, Jesus Christ. I love, though, how she does the report. How, and, yeah, it's and musical. It's, it's something that you don't, you think like, oh, this is, you know, silly, this is whatever, until you realize why she did it yep. that way. And yep. it's so, like, it, it, it's one of those things where once that shoe drops, everything else in the movie Other starts to sense. make sense. Yeah. And it makes you just hurt. Because when she goes up to give a report, uh, the teacher's like, well, where's your report? And she's like, right here. And mm-hmm. she taps at her head. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, we find out why she doesn't have a nice printout with words on it yep so after annie b gives her report class is dismissed after annie gives her report class is dismissed and annie books it downtown or somewhere else in new york i don't know new york very well so i'm assuming it's all downtowns just more downer towns so (laughs) just there's east downtown and west downtown and going down in downtown and anyways i've got two songs warring in my head to try and be just blurted out and it's making me just <laughs> goddamn so anyways oh you go downtown where the nights are br- shit then i started going somewhere else <laughs> fucking hell because no because so there are two songs <laughs> with downtown that are warring in my fucking head when you're alone and life is making you lonely, you can always go downtown. And then it goes into, you know, uh, oh, fucking Christ. Now downtown is 
Yeah. <laughs> Get it out. Get it out. Get it out. They're fighting each other in my head because I was going to try to do downtown from Little Shop again. And then it was like, uh-uh, nah, bitch. Petula Clark's in here, damn it. <laughs> fuck you. Get the fuck out. <laughs> well, while they're warring, I will read my notes and you let me know who wins. <sighs> so anyways, Annie goes to wait in front of a restaurant for her parents, who I'm sure will be there any moment and are just running a little late. New York traffic and whatnot. Just kidding. Her parents are probably dead, just like in the other movies. <laughs> Jesus. Here's your urn, Annie, and my heartfelt condolences. <laughs> Annie, anyway, while Annie is uh, forever waiting for her never parents, we see <laughs> not yet daddy, not Warbucks, but is, but is Will Stacks. He's a communications billionaire with a slogan of never drop a call. And he's uh, also a germaphobe. And this is his PR thing that he's doing. He's giving out free phones and shaking hands. And this horny middle-aged white woman throws herself around him. And he then has to wash himself in sanitizer. <laughs> going so far as to spray some in his mouth. Because his assistant reminds him that he kissed some babies. And he doesn't want to catch colic. <laughs> which I'm pretty sure was a joke on her part. But germaphobes can never <laughs> be too cautious. Uh. Hindsight, uh, watching this... <laughs> Post-2020, I have an altered perspective just a bit. No fucking kidding. Also, <laughs> Petula Clark won. <laughs> Petula is the victor. Just listen to the rhythm of the music of the city. How can you lose? The lights are much brighter there. You can forget all your troubles, forget all your cares. You know, I'm fine so if we if we quit this podcast and just start a new podcast where you just sing, <laughs> and I can, I can just sit here and go, hmm. Call it DMCA. <laughs> there we go. So, anyways, while Annie is drawing with sidewalk chalk and being all sad while waiting for her never parents in front of the re restaurant, the restaurant closes. But the nice, sweet owner gives Annie a condolence cannoli, and Annie rushes off back to home... <laughs> A condolinoli. Condolinoli. <laughs> and Annie rushes off back home to the orphan uh, foster home where Mrs. Hannigan is drunk again. I like drunk Hannigan. And Cameron Diaz is fun as Hannigan, especially with her dynamic of being a drunken has-been who wanted to be a music star but was probably way too much of a bitch and got dumped by her band before making it big annie excuses herself all quick like but not before drunk again can be like did i tell you about the time i was almost hootie's blowfish <laughs> before she can <laughs> before she goes back to looking for her life's meaning in a bottle I love Cameron Diaz as Miss Hannigan. So I, she has so much fucking range as that I, character. I want to talk about this a little bit because you and I had talked about Hannigan in the other two versions mm -hmm. and the differences between them. And, and, and I do agree with your takes about how the quiet, sober Hannigan is more of a adult fear because mm -hmm. she is plotting. Like, and then, and the yeah. whole and discussion of, like, she was willing to commit murder on mm -hmm. Annie in order to get this money and get away with it. Mm -hmm. Whereas the other Hannigan, it wasn't that they, they weren't thinking about what they were going to do with Annie. It was just, yeah. we'll use Annie to get the money and then we'll deal with it then. Yeah. A camp, and the, and the, uh, uh, 
Cameron Diaz. No, don't laugh at me. Oh, Carol Burnett. Yes, okay. Carol Burnett. Carol Burnett's Hannigan was the drunken, horny one. Yes. And Cameron Diaz, I feel like, pulled that Hannigan a bit to be. Yes. She's not as much of uh, of the other Hannigan. She's very much Carol Burnett's Hannigan. Mm-hmm. But there's this other dynamic to her because she has more of a backstory. She yes. was, you know, she was a pop star who who had her 15 minutes mm-hmm. and then never was able to recover from being dumped you know yeah and and so she's just been constantly living in the past about how you know life has been unfair to her so that's why she's bitter Mm -hmm. and stuff like this and so her character has much more depth than the other hannigans and And there's a reason for why she is who she is yeah you have more you you have more of an understanding like it doesn't make it all better no but you have at least more understanding of this character she is and a cool motive still child abuse still child abuse <laughs> and i love cameron diaz's acting for her because i do feel like she does a really good job and yeah. there's some really good physical comedy moments with her too yes that i'll talk about later but i like i don't i don't feel like Cameron Diaz is deserving of the hate that she got for this absolutely not i will talk about it later but uh, little girls, I I don't really care for this version of little girls as mm-hmm. much, and I think it just I don't know. Well, we'll we'll talk about. It. Yeah, there there are a few moments that are weaker than the other two versions, mm-hmm. but, but there's also for me at least there's weak moments in the other. Yeah, versions. there's weak so... moments in the other versions too, and the moments that are better in this version are really better in this version. Yeah, they they really are. So, uh, back at Annie's room, where she shares it with all the other foster girls, we have the same old Pepper is a bitch to the little kid saying that uh, none of them will ever get adopted, and that no one wants them, and that Annie is dumb for waiting for her parents, even if they left a note saying that they'll come get her. Then the kids sing the Maybe song, and it's not bad. It's, it's, mm-hmm. it's, I would say it's as fine as the other versions. The next morning, though, we see a newspaper getting tossed out, and it implies that Mr. Stax might be a fraudulent businessman. But then the kids sleeping in their beds get a rude awakening by Less Drunk Again, who <laughs> sprays the kids with a water bottle to wake them up. A Windex bottle. Was it Windex? Yes, that I thought was, it was a Windex bottle. <laughs> that's extra harsh. I thought it was just a spray bottle filled with water. If you're spraying kids with chemicals, that's extra harsh. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. Oh, Jesus. Okay. And she tells them that the state is coming to inspect, so she needs her slaves to clean the place. And the kids sing the Hard Knock Life song, and it slaps in this Holy version. fuck, it slaps. It slaps really good, and it's one of those, because the, the music is a bit more modern, which I think is what some critics don't like about this version, mm-hmm. but it's good for an updated, more modern yes. version. Like, just what we had talked about. The other two episode, the other two and he's both took place in Depression era, so mm-hmm. it makes sense to keep the same music. This one does not. It takes place now, relatively. Yes. Like, it's modern. And it makes sense to have more modern music. Mm-hmm. And the kids do a really good... Like, yeah, especially uh, uh, Hard Knock Life. Mm-hmm. Fucking slaps in this. Well, and how it starts out with the sounds of cleaning being done yeah, to the rhythm to the beats. like yeah the it, beat. it's Just slamming it's, trash cans hitting brooms yeah it's it's that sort of uh that sort of music and percussion is my favorite thing ever there's a thing that i want us to see at some point called stomp that does yes, that you've told me about yes that. 
Holy I, fucking shit. I like it, that. It's yeah. good. I like that form of percussion yes. too. I, yes. I, I dig it. Like, uh, uh, I've seen some videos where people do like trash can mm-hmm. music mm-hmm. and it's mm-hmm. good. Like it's amazing. Yeah. So I, I dig it too, because mm-hmm. it, it also is a more visceral approach to the song mm-hmm. because it kind of grounds it more in the reality of what the kids are doing. Yes. Because there's bang, bang, crash, crash, bang, bang, crash. Bang, crash, you know? Yes, yes. And and they actually are cleaning in this one yeah. and not ripping open pillows. Yeah, not having a pillow fight and throwing feathers everywhere, <laughs> yeah, making no. more work for themselves effectively. Yeah. And one thing I will say with that too, like uh, the way that the kids are cleaning, there there is choreography in the way that they clean. Like there's a scene where they're folding like a big blanket and the way that they're like, folding it in half and coming together and turning it. Yes. Is, it's almost like a pop and lock, you it's know, break so dance. Fucking it's cool. It's great. It's really good. So. Including like throwing in the trash at one point. Yeah, like yeah. Bouncing yeah. Yeah, the she's recycling. Yelling, she's like plastic, throwing it out and one girl's hitting it with a trash can lid to knock it into the right mm-hmm. can. Yeah, paper. Psh, you yeah. Know, glass. Oh, I don't know if she said glass, but yeah. So anyways. The kids get done cleaning and singing just in time for Less Drunk Again to tell them to stop singing. She then dispenses various items to be like, look like normal happy children who aren't abused and belittle daily. And then she goes (laughs) to get the door for the inspector, who is played by a guy who I think looks familiar, and I think he's a comedian. I forgot to look him up for you. But that's I'm fairly certain he is a comedian, and he's one that I did like at one point until I kind of found out he was a bit of a prick, and then I stopped liking him. Uh, He's comedian, comedian man, uh, part of the comedian man circuit. Who... You know, what? And because he's kind of a prick now, you don't need to look him up. Oh, Fuck him. He doesn't was... deserve a credit. <laughs> yeah, fuck you. <laughs> comedian man, Mr. Comedian Face, who plays kind of spacey, oh, aren't those kids cute, sort of comedian dude. Anyway, and she goes to get the door for the inspector. And uh, Hannigan is all horny over him and takes the inspector on a tour and even attempts to slip him between the sheets, if you know what I mean. (laughs) But the inspector is kind of dumb and not taking the hint, or he's just playing dumb to avoid the hint and possibly a rash that will require some penicillin. (laughs) Anyways, a paper was dropped by the inspector, which had all the kids' government info on it, and Annie gets gets it copied and is able to get out of the house to go... Do something with that information. Back at Stax, who is running for mayor, and fuck, gives me a... He he gives the line, he wants to make New York great again. Yeah. This is 2014. Yeah. I mean, man. Like, it's not Jamie Foxx's fault. That the seven deadly sins orange shit golem exists, but (sighs) man, that's another thing that does kind of taint this part of the movie in a post-2020 world. Yeah, yeah, no one's allowed to say that, like... When he said that, I just, I literally just went, ugh. (laughs) Make blank great again? Just, no. It's a combination of words that can't ever come out of a person's mouth ever again now. For me, they will forever be synonymous with, uh, uh bullshit and evil mike burbiglia i told it yeah yeah that guy i had to because it That's was okay. it, it was, was eating chased, your brain it was eating my brain alive That's fine. <laughs> had That's to chase fine. that rabbit <laughs> yeah for for bigly nuts um <laughs> yes yeah, so 
the post-2020 world aside, anyways, Stax's PR guy and personal assistant are kinda talking shit on him while he's floundering on camera. And then for PR, Stax is supposed to feed some homeless people, but he doesn't want to, because <laughs> he's now a rich elitist who can't relate with the downtrodden. At the hobo food line, one of the hobos <laughs> gives Stax shit about being rich, and he doesn't eat hobo potatoes. And Stax is like, my mother made the best hobo potatoes, just like these. And then he eats a big bite of mashed potatoes, and then he spits them all over the hobo, and, <laughs> and his aide rushes in to rush him out. My god. In the car, he's asking if that went well, and everyone is like, nope. You're a heartless billionaire who spits potatoes on homeless people. And Stax's <laughs> PR guy is like... You let your employees talk to you like that? And Stax is like, only the ones who make me billions. You make me mayor, and you can say whatever you want to me. <laughs> boom, boom, goes the car, and then they have to pull over. Back at Annie, she's taken that info that she got and gone to the info-building government place. And she's got the right paperwork and some money, and a Russian-American government lady gets Annie her paperwork. <laughs> basically saying that she was abandoned at four and nothing else. Annie is positive, even though her face is sad. But then on the walk home, she drops her printout in a puddle and gets sad and sings tomorrow. But the moment is cut short because some jerks are chasing a stray dog because they probably want to kill it. And Annie chases them, telling them to stop it. And she almost gets run over, but is saved by Will Stax, who pulls her out of the street. Oh yeah, because his car broke down and he wanted to take a walk because he's pissed at his people. Mm -hmm. And it was lucky he did because he prevented an orphan from becoming part of the pavement. <laughs> Anyways, Annie makes it back home where Hannigan tells her that she doesn't want to foster her anymore and that next week she'll be somebody else's problem. <gasps> Little does Hannigan know how right she is. <laughs> We cut back to Stax, who is going over his new phone stuff and complaining that the engineers can't make his stupid demands a reality. Who cares <laughs> if the phone is burning people's hands? I want a phone that can hold a week's charge. Who cares if it murders people? I don't care if people are carrying grenades in their pockets. Give me a week-long charge, damn it. I need the heart of an orphan. <laughs> I need the heart of an orphan to make my machine work. <laughs> Oh God! Yeah, that's a that's a, something to run for mayor on. An orphan phone in every pocket. We'll deal with the <laughs> we'll deal with the unwanted child and the homeless problem, and get everyone a shiny new phone. Okay, Herbert Hoover. <laughs> Never mind. I'm just saying, if we take the homeless and carve them up for spare parts, we can sell the organs and get rid of the homeless population. It's a win-win. Unless you're homeless. But those people should have thought of that before they chose to be homeless. I should run for mayor. Uh, <laughs> the business meeting is cut short by Stax's PR guy who is like, Dude, you saved an orphan and everyone loves you right now. Capitalize on this. Live, invite the orphan to lunch, and Stax does, sending assistant Grace into the drunkard's den to retrieve Annie and take her to lunch with him. <laughs> Annie redistributes the wealth of Stax's car candy to the other foster kids before setting off to her lunch date, which I'm also sitting here kind of going, did they send the car fully loaded with candy just to appease Annie, or does Stax... 
have a sweet tooth and keeps a shit ton of candy in his car at all times. I think it was just sent to appease Annie okay. because you never see that candy again. You don't. And when you, you never s- see it before either. Yeah, and when you see, like, in Stax's car, like, when he lifts up the little console, it's always full of hand sanitizer. Yeah, it's always hand sanitizer. And so you so... only see the car full of candy in this one scene. So yeah, I just, yeah, yeah. Which, yeah, okay. Anyway. Uh, in the car. Oh, God. Love this part. Mm-hmm. In the car, Grace asks if Annie wants to listen to music. And Annie picks talk radio. <laughs> and we get this fucking... Because it calms her down. Because it makes me feel calm. And we get this fucking hilarious exchange <laughs> with Grace divulging how she... She, I, I love talk radio too ever since I was a little girl I used to pretend that all the people talking were my friends I mean I mean I have friends and it's just I mean, how many friends do you really need you know I, I work I work too much to have a lot of friends you know my, my life is fulfilled I mean if you were my mother asking me if Grace is your life fulfilled and do you feel like you've accomplished you know, that'd be a whole other story and really that wouldn't be your place to ask and Grace divulges how she works too much and does have any friends and it's fucking great i i love i love uh nervous accidentally divulging too much personal information Grace, to a child to a child there's something about annie that just makes her want to open up and i, I just love when she has those moments where she just starts rattling off her her private feelings and then realizes it and then tries to like rein them in you know and because she, she plays she basically does like two sides of the hypothetical conversation <laughs> yes. while talking to annie and she does it a couple times in the show and it's great and i i have two things that i love about it first it reminds me of that meme i don't know if you've seen it around that's like uh i have lots of friends and then are your friends friends from podcasts and <laughs> <laughs> And there's another meme where it's like, you know, listening to a podcast and it's uh, someone eating ice cream in front of a poster of two other people eating ice cream, (laughs) acting like they're part of the group of the group. Um, So shit. Okay, sorry. Since you said that, I have to tell you a meme that I saw. (laughs) Uh, It's a Warframe meme. It's meme corner. It's and it's it made me laugh a lot. But, you know, the warframe mirage how she can make illusions of herself oh no so it's mirage sitting drinking tea and she goes i really enjoy our little gatherings and then she looks around and it's just four copies of her and then she looks down and is sad (laughs) so i saw that made me laugh really good so that's just what it made me think of too just the eating ice cream in front of a poster of other people eating ice cream so Uh, but then the other thing is, this is lending credence to my theory that Annie is one of the Fae. Because she brings out people's uh, uh, aspects of themselves and, that and they like, don't want to necessarily divulge otherwise? She, she does that. She creates the situations that best suit her. Um, because suddenly... Stack's car breaking down. I mean, granted, they're saying it's the engine, like being yeah, that's a, right. It's some, uh, some experimental green energy yeah. engine, and and yeah. But that breaking down and him walking to that der- in exact in that area direction. where she needed to be saved, mm. she's one of the Fey, and it definitely becomes very apparent in the scene at the Guggenheim. Okay, we'll talk. About yeah, that. We'll yeah, talk about she's. That. She, she is either a member of the Fate Plus, being dropped at four years old and not in the system. 
That's that some is suspicious. That That's is... some fey shit. Mm, she's she's a fey or she's a Okay, you've broken imp this case wide or... open, I yeah, think. Yeah, yeah. She's not of this world. We should find her and burn her. Oh no, 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 no. You don't you don't fuck with the fey. It's oh. just, you know. Oh. Oh, oh. <laughs> just... uh. I thought oh, oh, okay. that, or else she is the embodiment of a musical theater archetype. Because I am, I am currently building a whole catalog. I've got the Annie. I've got the Dolly. <laughs> <laughs> well, really, the Annie is just the flip side of the Dolly. She because is. the Annie is the is the Dolly that does not have power or stature. The most vulnerable of society. Mm-hmm. She is the innocent Dolly. The innocent she is dolly. the innocent version of the Dolly. This this could be a whole theory, <laughs> but I won't do it right now. <laughs> oh God. Okay. Okay. But just keep it in the back of your mind, listeners. <laughs> Annie is not of this world. Look at the comic. There's no pupils. <laughs> oh, God. Why did you have to bring that up? Because we, because now... Because it'll never uh, leave my brain. Because Annie is so fucking adorable in this. That, the little girl, like, fuck, help me with her name. Uh, Quavengine. Yes, Quavengine is a really good actress. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've seen her in anything else, but she acts the shit out of this role. Yeah, she's been in, well, you haven't seen 12 Years a Slave. And um, I haven't seen Beasts of Southern. Yeah, and you have, and we haven't watched uh, the season of Blackish that she's in. But, <gasps> she's in Blackish? Yes, yeah, she's in Blackish. She's also in a couple of Beyonce's music videos and, yeah. Yeah, she can sing and she can act. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, she's, she's, I mean, she's all, yeah, at, at five she was already a, an Academy nominated, mm. uh, uh, or did she win, or was she nominated? She was nominated. nominated. Yeah, so I mean... But the youngest nominee ever. Yeah, and she's, she's fantastic. Okay. She is a precious cinnamon, cinnamon roll. Cinnamon? Cinnamon roll. Cinnamon roll. Cinnamon rolls. So, okay. So, Annie, Grace has taken Annie to the luncheon with Stax. And at the lunch date, Annie is like, what's the hustle? You pushed me out of the way of a van, and now you get to be mayor? That's dumb. I bet if I moved in with you, you could become president. And Stax's PR guy is like, yes, do it. Bring the orphan home with you like a stray puppy. <laughs> and Stax agrees, because, yeah, he wants the PR. We see Annie then taking them to the government place for a temporary guardianship approval, and the Russian lady has to come to the home to make a visit to make sure that the billionaire can provide adequate care for the orphan. I mean, foster kid. Definitely <laughs> not an orphan. We get a revision of the... Uh, I think I'm going to like it here song, and it's different. It's just different. It's not bad. It's very different. But it's different. It's because it's got like some synth in it and a yeah. little bit of uh, auto-tuning. Mm-hmm. It's different. Yeah. I think I probably do prefer the original mm-hmm. to this one, but it's it's not bad. It's just different. It's it's. I mean, I think I'm going to like it here. While an iconic song I view as one of the weaker songs in Annie anyway. Like, it's it's not one of my favorites in any version of Annie. But in this version, it's really not one of my favorites. And the reason, actually, now my, now that we're talking about the, the... Yeah, this one really isn't one of my favorites either. But uh, I think one of the reasons that it is so different in this one, too, is because of the technological age in which this one mm-hmm. takes place. Stax does not have an mm-hmm. army of maids and a bunch of butlers. Nope. He, he's not living in a mansion. He's living in a New York penthouse. Mm-hmm. And, and so alone. And alone. Like, that's a big thing he talks about. He likes his solitude. But and the thing, too, is that the, it's a smart house. A lot of mm-hmm. stuff is automated. Mm-hmm. And so he doesn't 
have a bunch of of servants and yes. stuff like that. He's not in a hundred room mansion. Yeah. Uh, so it that aspect is different. So you don't have any getting whisked away by all the maids and, yeah. and stuff like that. So, like yeah. it's still something that for a 10 year old in 2014 is fucking cool. Oh yeah. But absolutely. It, the song itself is kind of, I don't know. It's, it's the same it's, it's feel okay. that, I, yeah, it's the same feel that I have with, I think I'm going to like it here in any version of Annie. I don't, I don't care about that song. <laughs> yeah. Anyways. Afterwards, Annie talks to her foster kid friends and gives them swag. We see Hannigan horny again and trying to proposition herself to Stax, who sprays Windex at her, and it's a <laughs> hilarious scene in my opinion. Yes. We then get a montage of Annie getting photos with Stax and even adopting the dog from the earlier scene, who is now named... You guessed it, Sandy. But because not she's... for the reason you think. <laughs> because she spins around like a hurricane. What the fuck, movie? <laughs> <laughs> that was a, a, like a, a morbid nod because they get the dog and the dog's spinning around what are you gonna name her annie and and stacks is like hurricane and then she's like sandy because like, of her fur it's like nah that's fucked up little, that's fucked up movie a little bit it's, it's jesus dark humor morbid way it's funny though oh um, uh, that's like me naming a uh, dog, I don't know, 3.0 or uh, F2 or I mean Bonneville or <laughs> drought. <laughs> 100-year drought. 100-year drought followed by giant flooding. Come on, 100-year drought followed by massive flooding. <laughs> Come on, population displacement. Oh, oh it's a good uh, population displacement, aren't you? Or naming a dog Brian Head. Brian had? That was the big fire that we had here oh. a few years back that was, like, really bad. Like, that's that's what... that In in making that connection, that's what it is, and that's a little fucked up. <laughs> I'm not, that's a little fucked up. It made me laugh, but yeah. It, it was funny, but it's fucked like, up. Like, like I said, in a dark, morbid way, like dark humor. Mm -hmm. I mean, dark humor is like food. No! <laughs> not everyone gets it. Jesus so anyways, the montage ends. That, that joke works better with a Russian accent. Uh, anyways, the montage ends and we get a scene with Annie bugging Stax late at night while he's trying to work and making food out of leftovers. And the food is terrible. It's it's a really cute scene while she's doing it. And then mm -hmm. when they sit down to eat it and this is yes. terrible. Like when she's, I need to go get something from downstairs. And she pretends yeah, to be going downstairs to... and then comes back up. Orange, you glad I'm back with mm -hmm. an orange, and it's just like, you're too cute. She's fucking adorable. Stop being so fucking adorable. <laughs> so anyways, Stack's PR guy says that he should take her to a movie premiere, and she talks him into letting her bring her friends. And we also see Annie uh, talking with Stax's people about using their communications network to try and find her parents. More on that later. Mm-hmm. At the movie premiere, it's like... A Twilight spoof, and it's pretty funny. It's called uh, Moonquake or something Moonquake, like that. Moonquake, Moonquake. Yeah. And, She's uh, a fish and he's a boy. Moonquake, Moonquake. <laughs> Anyways, after the movie, the kids are having fun playing, and Stax has to leave to go to a sports game thing because he's doing the, uh, the shiny round disc throw that says who gets to go first. <laughs> You know, coin flip. That's what it's, it's called. a little bit like Jupiter Ascending, which hadn't come out yet. 
but also has Mila Kunis. Yeah, it, that's the funny thing. It, it has Mila Kunis in the fake movie thing. Yeah. Which, yeah. She's a fish he's a boy. And Rihanna. It's got Rihanna, it's got Rihanna in this Rihanna version. It. It's a nice but... cameo. That was great. <laughs> I will forever be thinking of that song. <laughs> Until the day I die. I will be on my deathbed. And my last words will be, She's a fish he's a boy. <laughs> Depending on how long you keep singing that song, that moment may come sooner rather than later. Uh, I'm just kidding, my darling wife. I love you. Uh, I love you. Back. You're you're the fish to my boy. Uh, You're the quake to my moon. You're the moon tears to my Mila Kunis. (laughs) Anyways... Back at the foster home, Hannigan wakes from her drunken nap to hear the sounds of joy, and she must put a stop to it, because the girls don't deserve to be happy, since Hannigan is sad. After Hannigan yells at the girls, she drunkenly fumbles around the apartment, singing, Little girls, little girls. And again, the song is different, and as much as I like Cameron Diaz, I don't think her singing voice is right for this particular song Mm -hmm. even though i do really like her portrayal of this hannigan because this song is it is different from the other one because hannigan Mm -hmm. is like also kind of like reliving her past quote-unquote glory days you know and and the way that she just really feels the scene Mm -hmm. she does a good job like yeah the song isn't my favorite but it also is not my favorite in the other versions too yeah that's the thing with it too is it's not it's another one of the songs that it's like Eh? Yeah, I'm not going to harsh Cameron Diaz when I'm not that big of a fan of those songs in the other versions either. Yeah. So, that being said. The one thing that I do like in this version, though, is how she, you can see how tenuous her hold on On reality reality is. is. Yeah. With how, like, the table is Pepper, and (laughs) the lamp is Isabella, and... (laughs) And she's going through her different coats, and there are girls that are, like, hanging from the... Yes. The the, uh, hangers. It's it's one of those things that it's very surrealist, but when you have a character who we know her grasp on reality is tenuous at best, and we're just waiting for the moment that that final thread snaps. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't know if she has the line in this version of uh, they'll put me in the loony bin or whatever like no, that. No, no, they with, don't have with that the, line. With the imagery that they had in it, it mm-hmm. would have worked. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at the same time, because of the more updated setting, uh, we have different vernacular for exactly. something like that. So I, I get why it's different. Mm-hmm. But anyways, Hennigan's song ends and we go back to Annie and Grace coloring with sidewalk chalk. The cannoli man brings them a sad dessert and the two leave. But Annie asks Grace not to tell Sax about her sad Friday night ritual. The condolinoli. Condolinoli. Hey, use your condolence cannoli. Back at Stax, he's uh, he see he's seeing his competitor, uh, who has a campaign commercial about how great he is, and it's narrated by Michael J. Fox. And Stax is like, fuck, it's over for me. They got Michael J. Fox. And the PR guy is like, it's not over. How far are you willing to go to be mayor? And Stax is like, I pay you a lot of money not to ask me those kinds of questions. Implying that uh, some shady shit is about to go down. Mm-hmm. Anyways, Stax walks by Annie's room and doesn't see her in bed. 
Instead, she's sleeping on the floor, and he has this kind of sad reaction shot, but it's over very quickly, and the next morning, Annie is making him a horrible breakfast. And, um, that's all because she is uncomfortable not sleeping under a bunk bed. Yeah, that's she's right. Because she's the she bottom says, bunk kid. She says that the, 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 the table, she's like, this is like a bunk bed. Yeah, and it's just such a stab through the heart moment where it's like, oh man, this poor kid. It's like hiding <laughs> your treats under your bed. It, yeah. Oh God. It also, yeah. Uh, it kind of reminds me also of uh, uh, Angels in the Outfield. Oh. The one line where the kids are getting ready to get a ride home in the coach's oh, car. Yeah. And he's like, we can't ride because so-and-so, you know, used to live in a car with his mom and he had mm-hmm. to sleep in the front seat curled up like a cat. Yeah. So they had oh. taken the bus home. God, that's a good movie. Yeah. So, yes, uh, the next morning, Annie is making Stax breakfast, and it's terrible, and Stax feeds it to the dog, all while being like, Mmm, mm, this is great, Annie. Mm. This is Gouda cheese? Let Gouda? me tell you what's Gouda, this, this breakfast. breakfast. <laughs> yeah, just throwing it all to the dog. Annie makes, and then Annie makes unpeeled orange juice. <laughs> just putting whole-ass oranges in the blender and hitting blend. <laughs> That would be so goddamn nasty. I like pulp. I like pulp. I am one of those weirdos who likes pulp orange juice. I don't I like. Still love you. I don't like orange peel juice. But God, I do like that shortcoming of Annie's that she is an absolute terrible cook. Yes, that it's charming. It's charming. It's fucking she, charming. She's a little kid and nobody expects a little kid to be a chef. Yeah. But she has the confidence of a chef. <laughs> yes. Like, hey, let me make you breakfast. And then she brings you this plate of like scorched <laughs> cinders and is like, eat up. You know? Oh, it's you... like key lime gogurt. <laughs> oh, are you thirsty? Would you like some orange juice? How, 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 do you like pulp? <laughs> This orange juice has extra fiber in it. So. So. Yeah. Unpeeled orange juice. Stax takes Annie to work with him and they fly in a helicopter and do the cell tower check. And while they're flying around, Stax serenades Annie with his Jamie Foxx voice and sings about how if you work hard enough and uh, with the cards you've got, you can make it. And one thing... it's it's kind of interesting the leapfrogging over the other versions connections in this version because you know he's got a helicopter in the 82 version yes and uh he takes annie on helicopter flights in that one and there's even the helicopter chase at the end yes and this version he takes annie on helicopter rides and there's the helicopter chase mm-hmm. in the end and so it's just kind of it's yeah like i said this one it's a fucking love it's letter. It's a love letter, and it pays so much homage to Annie. It's just Annie-ness condensed, and then, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then delivered by an adorable black girl. Mm-hmm. The cutest kid. <laughs> the cutest kid in the world. Jesus Christ. <laughs> so, later, Grace tells Stax about the dress for Annie and how she'll come over to dress her for the event, because Stax can't. Annie also sees Stax washing up and his big secret that he's 
bald, which is also a nice nod to the original. Mm -hmm. Grace comes over to dress Annie for that night's event, and the two girl talk a bit about stacks and how Grace likes stacks, but doesn't like like, but maybe just like, but maybe she could like like him if she wasn't so busy, that is. And does another one of those like... (laughs) The same thing as in the car earlier where she reveals way too much about herself, but mm-hmm. is playing both sides of the conversation and then tries to backtrack it. I love the thing where she's like, oh, and he's got such nice hair. Don't bank on yeah. the hair. Yeah, I wouldn't bank on the hair, sister. <laughs> Later that evening at the big event they go to, Stax has Annie come up to speak to the nice rich people collected there. And Annie sings a great, great song that's only in this version about opportunity and it's a great song Mm -hmm. and you see Stax have his aha moment regarding annie like Mm -hmm. it's where you start to see him have have more of a not not so much a softening because he has been softening but kind of a flip yeah it's it's where it stops being pr yeah for him where for him it yeah it's less about pr and he's actually Mm -hmm. caring about her yeah and uh with this song too this is another example of annie as one of the fae because <laughs> yes this is what you're talking yeah, about she starts the like she first is talking about oh there's the little violins and they start playing and she's like basically leading everybody into playing a song for her and singing along with her and there's no way anyone knows this song mm-hmm. <laughs> she just enchants her way enchants the song into them and then they they go into yes. doing the music yes and so i uh, that's another point for annie is not of this world um she is a fae or she is a changeling but she doesn't follow the usual changeling stuff and she's actually you know a benevolent one because she is improving people by getting her way (laughs) (laughs) yeah and one thing that's a joke and it happens in this scene but it's a uh kind of the this musical also kind of makes fun of musicals yes because when people are singing they're the only ones singing and the rest of the world acknowledges that they're the ones singing yes they're not part of it yeah you know because hannigan will like when the kids are singing hannigan stop singing yes. you know and then they go back to singing i said stop singing and then so when annie uh does her song at this event um the pr guy then comes in to ruin it and ask annie to read a prepared teleprompter speech <sighs> and annie freaks out and runs out of the building Stax chases annie and it gets her to confess her big shame that she can't read the paparazzi come in and Stax and Grace rush Annie out and away from the vultures. And it's in after Annie rushes out of the building and the paparazzi guy, or not paparazzi, PR guy comes up. He then is like in the microphone like, this is your opportunity. Like mm-hmm. trying to to mimic Annie. Annie's song that she just sang. But he's doing, it's your opportunity to vote for Stax. Yes. Know? And so it's implying, you know, that the, the song was in universe. That the song, yeah, exactly. That it. <laughs> these people were watching her sing and it's not a musical musical anyway god her line though that i'm sorry i ruined your shrimp party i'm just (laughs) sorry because because that's the thing too when she's sitting at the table she's just enjoying like this fancy shindig with free food and she's putting stuff in her mouth and stuff and that when uh Stax is giving his speech and stuff like that to the the rich donors and whatnot and then he's like i'd like to invite somebody very special up annie and it goes to her and she's got like a fish a shrimp tail sticking out of her mouth yeah swallow your shrimp annie yeah and it's really really cute like that again more evidence that the songs that she sings in universe 
Those are those are in universe. That shit's in universe. So she's a fae. So after uh uh after she reveals the... Yeah, after Annie gets rescued by Stax and Grace and, and rushed away from the paparazzi, the PR guy, I can't remember the guy's name, but he asks Guy Stax, The driver? Yeah. Oh, oh, the driver. No. Um, Can't remember his name, but the PR guy's name is Guy. Yeah, the PR guy's name is Guy. It was funny because I just call him PR Guy. But (laughs) PR Guy asks uh, Stack's driver uh, about the whole Annie looking for her parents, Mm -hmm. and PR Guy gets a slimy smile because PR Guy tells him, he's like, oh, you know, Annie asks... Nash, that was the name of the driver. Asks uh, asks him uh, uh, that Annie asked Nash to help help her find her parents, and he's like, I even contact. Yeah, pl- apparently, he's you know maybe used to be a cop or something. But he says, you know, I even asked some of my buddies in the force. So yeah, like, there's nothing on the kid, which just goes more into Kay's theory that uh-huh. that uh, Annie is a fae. Yep. But the PR guy is just like her parents, brilliant, and he gets a slimy smile. Mm-hmm. The PR guy then goes to drunk again, who's <laughs> who's playing solo drunken twister in her kitchen. <laughs> And my God, is it wonderful. I don't know why, but it's just such a great little sad slice of this woman's life yes. that there's, there's three different bottles of alcohol um, within reach of her while she's playing Twister by herself. And I just, it just makes me laugh. It's this short moment that tells you so much. It, it's exactly right. It, uh, there's so there's so many character calories in this tiny little slice of pie. So, anyways, drunk again and PR guy go out for another drink. I love when he when he shows yeah. up too, and and she's just I mean she does her spiel. You know, are you Colleen Hannigan? Hannigan's my maiden name, but I'm not married to it. If you know what I mean, she mm-hmm. just, what she says to everybody, and he's just like, "Can I buy you another drink?" <laughs> like, just, like, lady, you're already you're already gone. Uh, but yes, yeah, so they go out to have some drinks, and the PR guy reveals his evil plan to use finding Annie's parents to get stacks elected, and then they'll both get kachings, and then they'll be living on Easy Street. And the two sing the Easy Street song. And then Drunk Again tries to kiss PR Guy, and then he pushes her away. <laughs> she's like, oh, we're not doing that? Oh, all right. Uh, but yeah, their their version of Easy Street is pretty good. Like yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's a, a good little, update. It's a good update, and it's actually, I would say, uh, the way they sing it, it's more faithful to the original, too. Yes. Because it kind of has like a, because they're in a club. Like, well, mm-hmm. not a, well, I don't know. Listening to the Leapin' Lizards. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Kay pointed that out, the band playing in the club they were at was the Leapin' Lizard, which mm-hmm. is a nice throwback to, to the original Annie stuff. But uh, it has kind of the club music feel to it, mm-hmm. and it's it's a good version. Yes. So after the Easy Street duo hatch their evil plan, we see Annie saying goodbye to Stax and trying to leave. But Stax ain't having any of it, and he tells Annie she's not going anywhere. He doesn't care about what happened last night. The two instead talk about how Annie has has been able to hide her uh, literacy, and Stax takes Annie to show her his shameful past, that he used to be poor, (laughs) which is why he never goes below 56th Street. 96. 96? Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 96th Street. 
Yeah, thank you. Okay. We cut open we cut to open auditions at Hannigan's place as she's looking for people to play Annie's parents, and the PR guy is pissed at the blatant <laughs> openness of the con on display and tells Hannigan not to do anything and he'll call her when he needs her. And this is a great scene too, because like he pulls up to Hannigan's place and there's a line of people yes. and two of the foster kids are like the check-in station. <laughs> And then he goes into, you know, up the building and into Hannigan's apartment. And he's, like, passing all these different black couples. And then he sees a white couple. And he's like, that's an interesting choice. (laughs) (laughs) But then when he goes into Hannigan's, like, well, the kid's room, which they're using for, like, the audition area. And these two parents are doing their script to a mock uh, Annie. And and Hannigan is... Yeah. Yeah. And Hannigan is sitting there looking like some type of, I don't know, Hollywood executive, an auditioner, like, whatever. Like just the casting director. Yeah, thank you, thank yeah. you. CK knows things. Casting director, and she's got like the big sunglasses, and she's looking all hoity-toity and whatnot, and she's being real vile to people. You're, was it, you're terrible and you're... You're terrible and you're pitchy. Yeah, exactly, and then <laughs> tells him to get out. After trying to get them to sing tomorrow. Yeah, tomorrow. And it's like, and then and the PR guy comes in. He's like, what's with the singing? She's like, everyone loves a musical. There's a window. There's a bed. There's a floor. That's your head, you know, <laughs> which is another throw into the uh, that the singing in this is in universe. Yes. And, and yeah, fucking love it. So it's very meta. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, so PR guy is pissed off and he's like, I'll call you when I need you. And uh, back at Stax and Annie, the two are having fun and being super cute together. And then that night, they're toasting marshmallows and making s'mores. And Stax calls Grace to ask about adopting Annie. And the next day, the PR guy comes in to be like, Hey, I did some shady shit with some dirty, dirty money and found Annie's parents. And now we're going to win you the election. And Stax is sad about it. Annie gets reunited with her super legit, totally real parents, Hmm. and they sign all the paperwork and say that they're moving to Brazil, because that's not shady. After everyone is leaving, Hannigan questions the PR guy about Annie's parents and what's going to happen to Annie, and the PR guy is like, they'll just hold her for a while and then dump her after the election. No harm, no foul. And Hannigan starts to develop a moral backbone and does not want to hurt Annie like that. And what led to that is because when uh Stax and Hannigan are standing side by side watching Annie's quote-unquote parents signing uh the form Stax turns to Hannigan and they kind of have a little conversation at one point he's just oh she talks about you she she says she likes your singing and She's just, oh, do you mean, she, I really like her singing. No, she likes your singing. She says it's nice, makes her feel better about herself. and Makes her feel good about yeah, herself. Yeah, makes her feel good about herself. And it you see a change there. Like, the expression sort of goes into a, oh, oh, shit. A little bit, yeah. Because yeah. she's, you know, because Dax says, you know, no, she just says you have a nice voice, mm-hmm. you know, and. And, uh, yeah, you do get that bit of Hannigan kind of, like, having this realization, like, oh, like, mm. maybe she's not just a horrible little mean-spirited brat, yeah. you know? so that when she has the realization that Annie is about to get abandoned again, that makes that transition make more sense because she has something that, because she is selfish 
in her own way. And it's okay if, through your selfishness, you end up coming to the right path eventually. (laughs) And I think that in my mind, I might be thinking that Hennigan could be naive enough to think that they are casting people to legitimately adopt Annie Mm -hmm. and just pretend to be her parents rather than like take her and then dump her or do something harmful to her. Mm -hmm. So when she finds out that they're just going to hold her for a little while and then dump her back in the Mm -hmm. system after the election, she's like, you can't do that to her. Yeah. Kind of thing. And I I think that in her mind, she was thinking, oh, we'll cast some people to be her parents and Annie won't know that they're not really her parents. You know, they'll just, they'll just play the part. They'll be her parents. Mm -hmm. I don't think that she... Because maybe she's drunk and not thinking that yeah, far ahead. Yeah, she's not. I don't, I don't think that she was thinking that they were going to do any harm. No, she definitely wouldn't have, but she probably wasn't thinking what the next step would be after... Probably wasn't, because she was also just thinking about <laughs> it making a It was the question payday. marks part yeah. before profit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was step one, collect underwear. Step two, step three, profit. Yeah, she step was just... one, fake Annie's parents. Yeah. Step two, step three, profit. profit. Yeah, that she was just there. And uh, yeah, but then she starts to have that, well, this isn't right mm-hmm. and stuff. And uh, and basically the PR guy, threat, you know, sh- shady mobster threatens her. If you know yeah. what's good for you, you'll go home and keep your mouth shut. Yeah, which he doesn't, I don't know, like the way that, she is she is a shitty foster parent oh hell yeah but i don't know that he would have enough dirt for what he did to be outweighed by what she's done (laughs) because what he's done are quite a few felonies (laughs) from what he's implied he's done some pretty shady shit which also implies that he's not above having her killed which i think is the implication okay that that could be it. I think that's more of what it is. Mm-hmm. It's not like, oh, I'll I'll rat you out. I think it's like, mm-hmm. I'll make you disappear. No, uh, yeah. Is, he's like, you're not getting in the way of me and my massive payday. He did say that he uh, got Kim Jong Il. Yeah, which <laughs> which is like, that's that's not uh, how that one works, my when they, dude. When they make those references, he's like, I've gotten worse mayors elected because he says go- governor. He says Schwarzenegger. I'm like, well, he was a governor, not a mayor, mm-hmm. and he says Kim Jong. Was it ill or yeah, Kim Jong Il? And same kind of thing. I'm like going, okay, that was North Korea, and that's not how that happened. <laughs> no, that's not how that worked, my dude. <laughs> but anyway, I think that was just played for comedic yeah. That's stuff. played for just, laughs. Yeah, just imply that this guy is really, really bad for 2014 audiences. And for 2014 audiences, naive, oh, man, that was naive. a simpler time. 2014. Was, oh, remember 2014? Oh, God. It was. Uh, was, that, was, uh, was, that was such a nice time. It was different times. It was different times. Yeah. We got married. Holy shit, we did get married in 2014. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Wow, time flies. Mm-hmm. Time Don't flies know. when you're having fun. We got married and then the world went to shit. World didn't go to shit until 2016. Oh, that was God. when I made the decision to, yeah, I'll keep teaching. <laughs> God, you know, threw a rock at my knee. I'll keep teaching at a super conservative propaganda riddled <sighs> charter school. Uh, okay, anyways. <laughs> we see some uh, brief stuff with Stax being sad, but pretending like he's not. 
and Hannigan going to Lou, the corner store guy, who I don't think I've mentioned before now, but has uh, popped in and out of the show here and there. And Hannigan confides in him that she thinks she's messed up and done bad. And Hannigan gets a very nice song where she questions herself and who she is. And it's a very nice scene to see that gives this Hannigan much more depth. Mm -hmm. The song also bounces around to Stax and Annie also singing about who they are. Mm -hmm. And then the shows and then and then they show Annie's parents coming to pick Mm. her up. And they're all super suspicious and shit because they're in a hurry. And he goes with them, even though Sandy barks at them all, fakes, 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 fakes. <laughs> Annie and Sandy leave with the fake fam, and we see Stax go back into businessman mode to avoid feeling his feelings. Oof. We see Annie in the car with her fake fam asking normal questions that one would ask if they were reunited with their estranged parents. And instead of playing into the con, they're just like, shut up, you dirty, rotten orphan. I do like her. Do you collect ashtrays? <laughs> How about, How about art? art? <laughs> no. And then she asks more questions. He's like, shut up. But yeah. And uh, Annie is like, wait, you're not my real parents. When Mr. Stax finds out about this, he's going to kick you off his cell phone service. And the fake parents are like, who do you think hired us to do this? He doesn't need you anymore. He's got all the photos he needs. And Annie gets really sad thinking that Stax has betrayed her. And he then hatches a plan to get the attention of other drivers and cry out for help. The people in the other cars take pictures and post them to social media because, hey, it's Annie. Guys, look, it's yeah, Annie. Yeah, And so that's something I meant to bring up earlier, that the whole Warbucks gambit in this one actually makes, it, I don't know, it feels more realistic because in... Both of the other versions, like, you barely see press. Yeah. And it's supposed to be for his image. His image, yeah. They they, they talk about that. Well, your image has been trouble lately, so we're having you bring this orphan into your home to show your caring side and how you care about people. And it's not like newsreels don't exist. It's not like, 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 yeah, they have the radio station scene. But that's it. There's no mention of newspapers. Yeah. Nobody comes for an interview when yeah. they go out on the town. There's no press anywhere yeah. that sees them. There's nothing like that. And in this, there's a ton. Holy fucking there's shit. A ton. <laughs> they do a very good job to the point where it's a little uncomfortable, yeah. but it's supposed to be. Yeah, absolutely. It is you are absolutely you, supposed to be uncomfortable. You are 100% on target. And it is a little bit of a. Uh, a Chekhov's Twitter because <laughs> it comes back to save Annie. Yeah, you're right. And you're right. I will also say that what they do to Annie in this one, I feel more of a sense of dread for her in this than I did with like Rooster kidnapping her to take her up to the bridge and stuff. And like the other two versions, yeah, Annie's in mortal danger. But in this one, I feel like it's even worse because she's going to be dropped by the system and we see how much the system failed mm, her yeah, already. Yeah. What's that going to do to her? Yeah. If, I mean, who, man, like her, her pretending to, her faking her way through school without reading reminded me of some of my students that I had that mm-hmm. were in my, uh, my more, uh, remedial reading at reading classes and stuff and it it 
back when we first watched it, it hurt. But watching it again now, after having been a teacher for kids Annie's age that couldn't read, and that I had to start from the bottom because they had figured out ways to fake that mm-hmm. they could read. Holy shit, that hurts. That is such a level that they went on that that makes you feel more for this Annie. Yeah. But yeah. That's a good point. Woof. That's a good <laughs> this point. Is a, this is a heavy movie if you think about it too hard. There are some scenes that... Uh... In, there are yeah there, well okay we'll talk okay we're almost at the end yeah, so we'll we're almost to the end so <laughs> so uh after annie does her whole hey i'm annie i'm being kidnapped post my stuff to social media back at stacks hannigan and the other kids come in to be like annie is in danger those are not her real parents and it gets revealed that pr guy is a shady shady douche stacks goes into full-on Find me, Annie, mode, (laughs) and directs all his people to find her. Luckily, Annie is crafty and makes it easier with the whole, Hey, look at me, I'm Annie, and I'm being kidnapped, please help me. Mm -hmm. Stax and the others pile into his helicopter and give chase. They close in on Annie's fake parents and catch them. The fake parents get arrested, and Stax rushes to Annie, who is like, What? Huh? What? You want more photos so you can be super mayor? Huh? Huh? And Stax goes to the press, who are right behind him, and he's like, I officially withdraw from this mayoral race. I want to focus on the important things in my life, like Annie and my hot British assistant. (laughs) And then Annie pushes Grace at Stax, and the two make kissy faces. (laughs) We then get to see, we then get the uh, Together at Last song, and it's really fucking slapping. Uh, (laughs) We also get parts with Hannigan trying to interject and join in on the singing, and others telling her to stop. Hash. Stop harshing everyone's vibe. Like, I love you. He says, no, no, no. This, this is their thing. Like, yeah. Yeah. So Annie, reunited with her rich daddy and new fancy mommy, shows off her new literacy by reading a spiel at Stack's new charity place, the Stack's Literacy Institute. Mm-hmm. And all the foster not orphans sing in the credits, sing as the credits start to roll, and it's really nice. The singing goes out into the streets and ends with Hannigan again trying to steal the light with her inner pop star. The end. Roll credits. Mm-hmm. And it's and oh oh, there's a great part. So when they're on the dock, like the pier where the chase ended, and they're doing the together at last, <laughs> together forever. And like as that part ends. It then cuts to guts of people sitting in a bar watching yes. on TV. And this one guy goes, if he kept, if he's doing any more of that singing and dancing, he wasn't going to be mayor anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Which is just another layer implying that the singing and dancing is in universe. Mm-hmm. That these people are just breaking out the song and others are sitting around going, what the fuck? <laughs> so I love it. Uh, and this, the Together at Last song, it, it's probably because it's a movie and... For the theatrical version, it did get cut short a bit mm-hmm. because it, I don't recall ever hearing the one line of "I'm poor as a mouse, I'm richer than my." Oh, for this version, yeah, yeah, they don't have it in there, no. Which I don't know if that just got changed entirely for this version or mm-hmm. if it was a shortened version for the theatrical. What? Because I really like, I really like that song. The mm-hmm. together I do too. forever, uh, together at last. It's a good song. I don't need anything but you. And it's, yeah, so it's a really good finale, the way it closes up. I like how Stax, you know, 
throw, you know, is like, I'm not going to be mayor. I'm going to focus on this, you know, and mm-hmm. I like that he, because of Annie, he does do good by directing, yes. you know, funds yes. to open this literacy institute for mm-hmm. underprivileged kids and stuff like that. And it's, it's good. This is a good version and it does not deserve the hate that it gets. Absolutely not. The fact that it has like, three stars, two and a half stars, whatever, is mm-hmm. really not fair. Yeah. It yeah. really isn't fair. I mean, I. it's a solid four out of five. Yeah. It absolutely. really is a solid four out of five. Absolutely. If you, you want to be critical, three and a half, okay, but mm-hmm. it doesn't deserve the two and a half that I've seen, three. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's better than that. It like, is. It, it, the, it's, it's funny, too, because it's, it is a musical, but I almost kind of feel like it's a little less of a musical to an extent. There's mm-hmm. a lot more uh, just regular conventional acting and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And it's good. It's well done. It's yeah. entertaining. This is a good version. I, mm-hmm. I And Cameron Diaz was great. Cameron Diaz was great. I feel so bad for Cameron Diaz that this is the one that like made her be like, fuck it, I'm going to go be a bodybuilder. Like, like, I mean, I also like her being a bodybuilder. But... but. <laughs> That's a selfish thing. <laughs> Bench press me, Cameron. Uh, but it's just, it's it's ridiculous. That, yeah. That, that, anyways. Anyways, I like this version. Fuck the uh, haters. The, the, there are things about it that are that are not as good or, or, you know, but the same thing is things that I complain about the other versions. I have the same complaints in this one. Mm-hmm. There's some nice moments in the other versions that aren't in this one. Like, uh, uh. Warbucks essentially proposing mm-hmm. fatherhood to Annie. Yeah. That is not in this version. Because mm-hmm. it gets interrupted. Yeah, it does get in. Well, because he's it, about to do it when it Guy shows up being like, I'm gonna. True. I found your parents. True. Mm-hmm. I, and I, I don't know. There, there, there are some differences because, mm-hmm. you know, in the other two versions, he does the proposal thing and Annie is like, you know, I'm sorry, but. My whole life, I've dreamed about finding mm-hmm. my parents. Yeah. And also, we don't know what the fuck ever happened to Annie's parents in this one, like too. Like I said. Like, which just adds another she point. She is Adds another point to your theory that she's a fae. Because yes. there's no urn to be handed to her to go, sorry, no. your folks died in a fire. No. Yeah. She's a fae. She's not in the system, yo. No, she's not. She just popped into existence at the age there's of four. There's no birth certificate. There's no... Annie is a member of the fae in this. Uh, yeah, the, the, the official, official, she's a Annie, sprite. and he's a sprite. <laughs> oh God, I want to make a joke because sprite. I thought you were going to make a joke about her being a brownie, but that also. Well, sprite's really popular stereotypically with black people. I won't argue with you because <laughs> I fucking love sprite, but. Well, I just think about that one, that one thing in, uh, uh, uh. The Today, not today's show, um, with Trevor Noah, mm-hmm. uh, when it has the one, the one woman, and she's just like, we don't drink, we don't, it's not grape drink, we drink Sprite. I do love Sprite. Sprite's good. Anyways, I, anyways, this is a good version. When they rolled out Sprite Ginger, that was dangerous. <laughs> mm, that was targeted at you. <laughs> they were like, how can we get more money from K? I know Sprite Ginger. Fuck uh, you, Coca-Cola. <laughs> you bastard. But it this this version 
really did make me think because like I had said earlier, I would not have had the same appreciation for this version without seeing the other two before it because mm-hmm. I caught so much more. Yeah. I was catching music that was underscoring scenes mm-hmm. and stuff like that, which I don't fucking normally do. Yeah. Uh, and I was catching that shit. Not that I could tell you what those songs were necessarily, <laughs> but I was recognizing them. Uh <laughs> That's a start. That's a start. Uh, my my broken brain can only do so much. I, I, there are things that I would change in this version to make it the ultimate Annie version. Mm-hmm. But out of the three that we have watched, I think that this is my favorite version. I feel like it has the most heart, mm-hmm. and I really like the acting and the setting. You know, the like I said, the songs that I'm not a big fan of of this one, I'm also not really a big fan of in the other versions. So mm-hmm. it's kind of a wash when compared. The songs in the in the versions that I do like fucking slap in this one. Mm-hmm. And just it's 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 really good. It really is good. Like, it's not just mm-hmm. I don't think it's me being biased because I've seen yeah. all three versions. Yeah. And, and you've seen them all in a row. <laughs> It's not like we took a break in between them. You yeah. you have them all fresh in your mind. So I I think I think if I had to rate them I think I'd probably rate 2014, 1982 and then 1999. Interesting. Even though 82 had racist shit that pissed me off. Mm-hmm. It has Tim Curry and and <laughs> Bernadette Peters mm-hmm. and I just I I mean Bernadette Peters, man. Yeah, and I do like Carol Burnett. Yeah. I'm not gonna like, it, and but but the nineteen like and the nineteen. I don't know. I like them all. I like them all for different reasons. Mm-hmm. I like them all for different reasons. But two twenty fourteen is my favorite. So you hear it here, folks. Twenty fourteen Annie, just pile drived eighty two Annie into nineteen ninety nine Annie, breaking both of their spines immediately. And the crowd goes wild. <gasps> The theater bloodlust cannot be quenched. Ah! And thus, the cycle can begin again. (laughs) So 2014 Annie climbs the ladder, reaches up. They're going for it. They've grabbed the belt. 2014 Annie is the Annie World Championship holder. That was fun. I enjoyed watching all three of those. I'm so glad. They were, because it's the same thing, but not the same thing. They're all wildly different versions. They all have their own charms. They all have their own good stuff in it. And it was nice. I'm glad. I'm really glad. Yay. So what's next, Kay? What's next on our magical journey of spousal musical theaterness? So I had to change my plans. Uh Uh-oh. Because I I was sitting here like, okay, we'll maybe do another Sondheim show. Maybe we'll start our meta month. And then you said something. <laughs> I say a lot of things. That upset me so greatly. I say a lot of things that upset you greatly. <laughs> because you said that you had never seen Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. I have never seen Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. And that Bang. upsets me. <laughs> I have been thinking about it for a couple of weeks now. We are going to be watching next week Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Oh, you 
Pretty Chitty Bang Bang. So that you can truly understand the terror of the child catcher. Bang bang pretty bang bang. Bang bang pretty bang bang. Bang bang yeah. So, ye, this is a classic that, uh, yeah, I have not seen. I'm so amazed that you've never seen this. I'm glad that after almost 13 years together, I can still amaze you. Oh, baby. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We'll folks. shut off these mics and. <laughs> <laughs> can amaze you off mike mm-hmm. uh hey i'm not a garden zucchini but i'll <laughs> fertilize that box i don't know <laughs> 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 well i think that'll do it for us tonight folks thank you all so much for joining Kay and i for the cl- the uh uh adorable conclusion of the Annie Triple Smackdown Showdown Brawlapalooza. Uh, if you'd like to reach out to Kay and myself, you can do so at our home base, which is ToneDeafMusical.com. There we have links to all of our social medias, our Twitters, our Facebooks, our Instagrams, as well as a link to the Cast Junkie Discord server where we have our own Not Safe for Work channel. Please feel free to stop in, say hi, talk about musical theater, or just shoot the shit. And uh, if you want to help out the show, you can do so by going to iTunes, Podchaser, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts, and giving us a five-star review. It really helps going up the charts. You can uh, say anything in the review. You can say, Cameron Diaz, I'm sorry. <laughs> you can you can say, Cameron Diaz was great. Anything like that. Um, if you want to go above and beyond, you can do so by going to our Patreon, which is Tone Deaf Musical. You can also go to our Tee Public, also Tone Deaf Musical. There we have hats, masks, stickers, all sorts of fun shit. Uh, anyway, thank you all so much for listening. That'll be it for this week. I'm Kay. I'm Warren. And this has been Tone, Tone Deaf. Deaf.